Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, Kelly, are you there? Hi, yep, I'm here. All right, can you hear me good? I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. All right. <laughs> All right, let me pull my Foxy account up. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> let me pull this uh, script that we had yesterday. All right, so the which question did you which question did we did were you going to cut down the first the, one of mine where I said that he had one of the most recognizable voices because you had said that in the opening so I, oh, okay. I turned I turned that into I'll start by saying it's so nice to get to talk to you today, Richard. The Oak Ridge boys have made such an impact on the industry and then and building off of what you had said, yeah, the rest of it's okay. <laughs> okay, I see. All righty then. <clears throat> and if it, does it make it easier that I had um, colored yours, a different color, yeah. so you know which one? Okay. Yeah, and I had to do I had to do that with the with the interview with um, with John and Andy Irwin because I was even though I talked to them on separate calls. Uh, I needed the interview to run as seamless once it was edited together as I could. So I actually had to mm-hmm. do that with theirs. I had to actually highlight the questions that were for Andy and highlight the questions that were for John that way. And then when I talked to John, since I talked to Andy first, I was able to, <clears throat> I was able to um, kind of let let John know which questions I had already asked Andy. So. Yeah, it makes sense to do it that way. Yeah, let's see. Okay, so do you have any questions or um, have you got a chance to – the only thing I – I think I left your questions as is, um, except for that first question. I think I had – Yeah, you just added in the building off of what you had asked. Yes. So are you comfortable with everything that's, that's written on here? Does everything look good? I think so. <clears throat> Did the way that I worded them sound all right? Yeah. No, it's okay. fine. I'm making <laughs> yeah, sure you're right. Yeah. Like, huh? I said no. I it, To me, it looks fine. Okay. That's the only thing I was kind of worried about is, like, sounding professional and, like, I actually knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Richard, why you be singing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, and I try to... When I do these questions, I try my best to to word the questions how I really talk. I, I don't mm-hmm. try to make myself sound more intelligent than I am. Yeah, so, I and, did that too, but <laughs> Yeah, and some of the um like some of the artists actually their publicists or management will actually send us 
uh, suggested interview questions. And the only problem with those is they're oftentimes kind of, I don't know, robotic in the way that they ask uh-huh. the questions. So sometimes I use those as pointers to, you know, as to which questions to add, but I, I add my own touch to them. Plus, if you have a, an outlet that's interviewing somebody and they're using specifically the questions the publicist sent them, the suggested questions, the yeah, these artists are going to be like, wow, are you, I, I've been asked the same exact question just like that. So <laughs> I don't like, and that's what I try to do with, with my interviews is I, my goal is to, for the person not to feel that they talk to just another member of press or media that there's something different about the way we do our stuff so that's that's mm-hmm. why I word and that's why sometimes I'll throw questions in there that like fun questions that they may not be asked before because that's that's my goal is not to ask somebody the same question they've been asked millions of times right but with somebody like Richard um, having you know been a part of this group and you know singing and knowing so many big name people, it's kind of hard to avoid stuff like that, though. <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to, I kind of, whenever I'm able to talk to an artist or something, I try to either think of something that the answer is always going to be different or something that perhaps hasn't been asked before, but yeah. I, it probably has been. <laughs> like, I'll ask people stuff like, so what's your favorite thing right now that you're listening to? Or what was the most recent album you bought? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And that was actually one of the questions I considered asking him. You know, a lot of artists spend so much time with their own music, writing, recording, performing, that sometimes, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they don't just sit around listening to their own music all day. So mm-hmm. it's, it's cool to hear, <clears throat> excuse me, it's cool to hear what these, what these artists listen to, you know, on a normal basis, like what they're into. And I was going to add that, but there's just so much, there's so much I want to cover in this interview yeah. um, that that was kind of, I, I didn't want to like overkill it because they didn't give me a time limit as to how long we have with them. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking if we, if we stick to these questions here, um, what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, sticking to eight questions. <clears throat> if he takes anywhere from a minute or two to, to answer each one of these questions, we're looking at just under 20 minutes, and that's not counting the, the talking to him before the call and then maybe adding some stuff that we need after the call. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I the only thing that I was like I was telling you last night is that in between the questions, I didn't know if you wanted any kind of responding to them, but I guess you just kind of have to wait and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and there's sometimes where <clears throat> there's sometimes where I'll ask a question, and that's that's why it's good to have the questions in front of you, um, because there's been many times where I have been doing an interview, and the person I'm talking to answers one of my other questions within that question. Uh-huh. So what I have to do is having the having the interview questions in front of me um, while they're talking, I, I'm not usually, I'm not always <clears throat> listening 
super intently to every single thing they're saying because oftentimes I'm having to look ahead at my next question or uh, if if they do answer a question that I have later on or it's going to be my follow-up question, I'll go and, like, delete that from the interview part real quick. That way I don't ask them a question. Oh, I, I just answered that. <laughs> Yeah. And look kind of stupid. So that's that's something else I have to that I always have to look forward when I'm interviewing somebody is are they going to answer any of the other questions I have before I get to them? Mhm. Yeah, I tried to. <clears throat> mine are pretty much they're pretty different to where that should yeah. happen, but we'll see. No, and and what I do with like certain artists, like uh, I just got done interviewing or. Uh, I just got done editing the interview I did with Jordan Feliz last month, and what I had to tell him at the beginning of the call, I said, okay, these these are the questions I have. Um, don't touch on this subject until I ask you, because it's it's one of the later questions, and it's going to be basically an intro to the song that we're going to insert in the song in post-production. Mm-hmm. So letting him know that ahead of time, say, hey, don't talk about Witness uh, when I ask you what songs you like on the record, because we're going, we're going to talk about that song specifically since it's the first single, and then we're going to have you introduce it, and then we'll insert it. So when people listen to the interview, you're talking about that particular song by itself and then saying, hey, this is Jordan Feliz. This is my new song. It's called Witness. And we go right in, and I edit it in later. But when you hear the finished interview, it sounds like I'm spinning it, like, while he's on the call with us. Uh-huh. So are, you gonna, are you going to play any <clears throat> songs from this album? I'm not going to play it during the interview only because we have a packed. Uh, right, but I mean like afterwards or? Yes, I'm going to play one okay. of the songs. And what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to ask him, uh, is there a particular song that that you'd like to uh, play off the record you want people to hear? Because by the time this movie, this, movie, this record comes <laughs> out tomorrow, right? and by the time this interview airs, um, the record will have been out for, for a week and a half. So what I want to do is um, it'll be okay to play pretty much anything off the record. Now, a lot of these interviews take place before the record comes out and even the interviews being played. Um, we can't just stick any song in there because the record, right. whole records haven't come out yet. But with this one being out by the time we get to uh, you know airing this interview, we're safe to pretty much play whatever he wants. So that's that's what we'll do. I'll ask him to be in the beginning of the call when we're going over the questions with him, just letting him know the general bullet point for, for each question. And what I want to ask him is, even though online it does say that he, that the group he was in saying back up with or toured with Elvis, I want to make sure that he actually was a part of the quartet while they were doing that. Because I don't want to ask that question, say, oh, what was Elvis like? And then, and like, yeah. oh, actually, the group the group toured with him before I joined them, or or whatnot. So, no, he he <clears> did because that's uh. Did you get a chance to watch the video things that I sent you last? I time? I did not. Okay. I, well, that's I fine. I was so but, tired um, when I got home, but he did. That's fine. Yeah, he talked about he talked about he shared a few Elvis stories, and he actually wrote a book a while back, maybe six years ago. I think it was 2014 when this interview was, and um, the book was called From Elvis to Elvira. Oh, okay. So he did write a book and um, it said, like, there's a lot of little stories about his time on tour with Elvis and everything. But it would still be really 
definitely still ask that because we want to know what he's going to say to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, it's 10.58, so I'm going to actually pull the screen up so I can... The cool thing about TalkShoe is... Okay, oh. The cool thing about TalkShoe is uh, it actually allows you to see when somebody joins the call. There's a screen that actually... Oh, okay, that's why, nice. Why do I have so many screens open here? This is weird. <laughs> well, I got... I got that, um, the Oak Ridge Boys review done, and that's ready to post later tonight, like at midnight. And I just okay. got the one that Laura reviewed. Uh, <clears throat> I got that page done, so that's ready to go. I still need to do the ones for the I Can Only Imagine, so I'll do those today for the movie and the book, which I'm almost done with the book. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I've read the first couple chapters of the book. I just not did not get a chance to. Oh, it's. It's really to, good. There's a lot it. that they didn't. There's a lot they didn't uh, say in the movie. <laughs> okay, fixing real quick. Yeah, I um, that was one of the was one of the questions. Uh, I'll have to send you the if you haven't heard the Irwin Brothers interview. That was one of the questions I had asked um, him because whenever you're doing a a story that's based on somebody's real life, um, it's really hard to kind of, a lot of the time, it's hard to figure out what to put in and what to leave out. And I did notice when I was watching the film and went and read the first parts of the book, uh, the only thing about the movie that kind of didn't go along with what he was writing in the book was um, it's it said that I, if I'm remembering correctly, his mom didn't leave. His yeah. mom didn't leave in the manner that in which the movie depicts. It almost like the mom abandoned him. Um, but well, the book goes on to explain more of why she left because he was just how how his dad was abusive and stuff. So mm-hmm. that was something. But that it they actually, didn't... it actually, I think it was a little bit later. They did say that the way they showed it in the book or in the movie that actually did happen again though mm. later on because it okay, was then, but it was after it was after bart and his brother had went back to his dad though yeah and that's, that's that's the other element that's missing is yeah. that you don't see the brother there at was, all the brothers the brother's not uh-huh. even mentioned in the film and i know the brother yeah. uh, is older he's like five years older than bart but mm-hmm. i figure in those early scenes where you see bart as like a a 10 year old kid you would see a teenage brother but that's mm-hmm. something else I, I noticed wasn't there. It was The brother wasn't there. Yeah, that was the other thing. And then there's some of the stuff that was the relationship between him and his dad, too. And then the order of things that happened was different. Yeah. Yeah, when I talked and- to um, Madeline, who plays Shannon in the film, one of the questions I asked her was, uh, did you get a chance to meet uh, the real life Shannon before you filmed, and because usually when you do a real life story on somebody who's still alive, you actually a lot of the time will meet with the person who it's based on. Like Bart, Bart was on set the entire time, so mm-hmm. the guy who plays Bart, the John Michael guy, uh, had Bart there to pretty much kind of let him know how things happened in in real life. Um, but she was telling me when I asked her about 
Shannon Miller, and I said, is, was Shannon, did you get a chance to meet her? She didn't meet Shannon until the premiere, like oh. a week and a half, huh. like two weeks ago. So she didn't actually meet her in person until like two and a half weeks ago. And she said that John and Andy purposely did that. They wanted, they wanted, they showed her interviews of Shannon doing interviews talking about her relationship with Bart and growing up and stuff. That's all they wanted this. That's all they wanted her to see. They didn't want her to do any research on Shannon other than those interviews. And she said that when they went to the premiere and Shannon saw the film, uh, she said she came up to Madeline after the screening and said, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. now I know why they chose you to play me in the film. She's like, that's, it, it, it felt like watching myself. So it, it turned out good. But normally, a lot of those people actually meet the people that they're portraying in the film. But with her, she didn't get it. She didn't meet them until until after, until after she was done filming. Hmm. But everybody, all three of them I've talked to, have told me Dennis is Dennis is a cool guy and would love to uh, would love to have actually interviewed him because I've seen interviews that he's done for this movie, but. Um, Unless you have like a million hits on your website, or yeah, really, <laughs> listeners on your show, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get somebody like that. <clears throat> and I don't even know i I don't really pay much attention to numbers, so I honestly don't know how many people listen to our show. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never really focused on that. Um, and the same with the website. Like a lot of inter we've we haven't got a lot of interviews because these other these publicists can see our numbers for the site and they're not where they think they should be so they're not going to make time for us so that's why right. we don't get a chance to interview a lot of them <clears throat> well but. i think it's still i think we're still growing and i think there's still like i think there's still some things that we could start doing to kind of drive more traffic to the site well, we have pretty decent numbers as far as like grassroots go like word of mouth um, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where all of our that's where all of our visitors are coming from. But I told Sean, I said, you know, something we're going to have to do eventually, <clears throat> and it's going to cost money. If we're going to have to uh, invest in um, SEO, search engine optimization, optimization. That's that we're, yeah, yeah, that's something that, that little, we're going to have to do. That section that's down at the bottom, I've started putting in the SEO section. I started putting like the whatever the main subject is, the either the artist or whatever. Yeah. And that is supposed to at least help it come up more in search engines. But yeah. I'm not sure if it's as good as like, you know, obviously something that you pay for extra, but Right. He's he's throwing the But I'm trying to remember. Okay. Hello. <clears throat> Hi, is this Richard? Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, hello. Hey, Richard, it's Jay from Kingdom Yeah, this is, Richard How are you doing? this is Richard Sturman with the Oak Ridge Boys, yes. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing okay after I finally got into you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I always get worried with these calls that when we when we send the numbers out to call in that people will actually be able to, to access them without a problem. But um, yeah. you got in, so I, I it's managed all good. I to get in, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is... My name is Jay Heilman. I'm the host of okay. Kingdom Builder, right. and uh, right. I'm joined today with Kelly Mead. Kelly is uh, 
she's the one that does our uh, monthly 411. She goes over the releases and everything each month. And she actually just so happens to be um, our, our country music guru, guru. So she's the one that <laughs> that always is letting me know which which releases are good and all that kind of stuff. And okay. um, Kelly's on the call, too. Hi. Hello there. <laughs> Hi. Nice to talk to you. Well, it's my pleasure, certainly. All right. So what we're going to do today, Richard, is obviously okay. we're going to be we're going to be mentioning uh, the new record comes out tomorrow, Seventeenth Avenue Revival. And this this interview is not live. Um, I let Sandy know that it would not be live. It's actually going to be airing since we're kind of late to the table. I wanted to try to get you guys a couple weeks ago, but. Um, it just uh, we just couldn't get it done. So this will actually not it'll air uh the Tuesday after next. So what we're going to be doing is uh when we mention the record we're mentioning it kind of in past tense. Okay, and so then, this, the, the record is actually released tomorrow as tomorrow, we're, yes, as, as we're speaking today. But we'll talk about like it's already been out there. Like it's already been out. And the, the other thing that's, I want okay. to do. All right. Yeah, I, yeah, normally I have an artist on um the Tuesday prior to the release, so we're usually saying, "Hey, this record comes out Friday." But this particular record, uh, by the time this interview airs on our on our show, uh, is already going to be out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what what we'll do is we've obviously we've got the questions about the new record. Um, Kelly's going to be taking lead on uh, most of the interview, um, okay. and you know just uh, a lot of the work that you've done in the past. You know, working with Elvis back in the seventies. And uh, right. most recently, the the Gaithers getting up with the Gaither vocal band, the Gatlin Brothers. So those are going to be kind of questions that we'll do. And then what I want to do is normally I would insert a song from the new record during the interview, but with the questions, um, we're actually going to put it in the show, just not in the interview. Is there a particular song that uh, you wouldn't mind us playing from the new record during our show? Well, yeah, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple songs in particular <clears throat> that the record label is pushing. The one they're really pushing is is brand new star. There's a brand new star up in heaven tonight. Okay. Uh, that song is really getting some great response. It's, it's a song that's really meaningful to a lot of people. You know, it, okay. it's, it's it's probably the happiest song about somebody dying that you'll ever <laughs> you'll ever hear. You know, but uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a different way of looking at people dying. You know, but but it's bringing a lot of comfort to a lot of people who have recently yes, lost sir. you know loved ones. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that we happens started, to be one of my favorites too. <laughs> okay, and and okay, yeah, that's that's fine. Okay, and there's, and so, there's several good songs. The yeah, there's several good songs on on the project, you know, but that's the one the record label is pushing to start with. So, okay, well, Kelly's actually the one that's that's writing the review for today's Christian Entertainment, so she's we'll have that posted tomorrow as well. Now, before we okay. get started, I wanted to mention, um, <clears throat> and this is this just shows how small of a world we live in my uh 18-year-old daughter's boyfriend um his minister in his church is married to Penny Smith and he texted me he said you're talking to Richard Sturban uh ask him if you if he knows who that was and I'm like okay I'll ask him but uh do you know Penny Smith what was the name again her name is Penny Smith I think or her name is Penny I don't know if that was her name when you Penny? knew her but Penny Penny I'm not sure that I do. You know, I, I you know, uh, maybe I do. You know, I've met so many people over the course of the years. You know, maybe I do, but I. That, that, I think she's right now. I think she's married to your. Name. She's married to your grandson, I think, or your your sons, or somebody in your family. I just I, okay. I don't know. 
It was dry house brought up if I knew. <laughs> I have a cousin. I have a cousin named Kenny now. Maybe that's who maybe they're talking about. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get started because I know that you okay. probably got other stuff to do today. Sure. I uh, and we're going to be yeah. – All right. We're going to be coming in right off of a Randy Travis song, so once when I go into this, uh, that's that's why we're mentioning it because it'll be pre-recorded. Okay, sounds good. <clears throat> you ready, Kelly? Yep. All right, and, and just one more thing: since Kelly and I are on different lines calling in, uh, there may be a pause right after you're done answering a question before one <laughs> okay. of us pick up, so we're not interrupting each other. Okay, I'll, I'll do All my right. best to handle it. I'll, I'll wing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get my mic started. All right, Kelly, you got your mic rolling? Yep. <clears throat> All right. That was Randy Travis with Raise Him Up. And speaking of country music, Kelly and I are very excited to be joined today on Kingdom Builder by perhaps one of the most recognizable voices in country music. He's been a member of one of the most decorated and respected bands in music since the early 1970s. Joining us from the iconic Oak Ridge Boys, huge welcome to Richard Sturman. Richard, how are you doing today, brother? Well, I am doing just fine. It's certainly a pleasure for me personally to talk to the two of you, and, and uh, a special pleasure to be able to talk to your finer listeners out there. It certainly is. Well, we greatly appreciate you talking to us today. And, you know, Richard, you have been a part of the legendary country group, the Oak Ridge Boys, since 1972. And looking back to the beginning days of the group, did you guys ever envision that you and the group would be where you are today, nearly five decades later? Well, you know, I, I think if you had asked any one of the four of us 45 years ago, if we thought that here 45 years later, we would still be together and still be doing it and, and doing it at, at, you know, at a high level, you know, for our age, you know. I don't think any of us would have believed it back then, but you know, uh, here we are. We're we, uh, after you know, forty-five years later. Some guys over fifty years later. You know, here we're still doing it. You know, uh, and, and 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 I think you know there are several reasons for that. I think first and foremost is the fact that I think we love doing what we do. You know, and and so uh, if, if you enjoy doing something that you do. You want to keep doing that. So, that, that, so that's certainly the case with the Oak Ridge Boys. I, you know, we also have a very special relationship that exists between the four of us. You know, each guy in the group is totally different. Each guy brings something different to the table. But over the years, we've learned to respect that between the four of us. And we've become the very, very best of friends. We really have. I think we all realized a long time ago that we need each other. And so we, we, you know, we pull together as a team. We are a true brotherhood. And so that special relationship, that, that special friendship, that bond that we have between the four of us is very, I think, very key to our longevity. There's, there, there's no doubt about that. You know, we've also been, you know, able and very fortunate in recent years to go into the recording studio to record new music. You know. Uh, We've recorded uh, some new music that has been relevant to the current marketplace. And I think that, that that's something that keeps us going as well. You know, and we've kind of reinvented ourselves just a little bit. You know, we haven't changed ourselves, but I think we've reinvented ourselves. So there's reasons why we've been able to do this for such a long time. You know, we're still doing it, you know, and we, don't, we do not plan to retire. You know, I think health is, is the key to our future. You 
those ones that do the Lord love, keep the blood and the whole of us from it. We're going to make this because this is really, really what we enjoy doing. Awesome. And you're and Kelly's gonna ask the next question, but we you were kinda of breaking up there. Are you are you in a good area where your phone's in a good signal? Pardon, I am sorry to hear you. Your your phone was kinda of breaking up there at the end. Are you uh, are you in a spot where you have a good signal? <clears throat> well, you know, I'm talking on my cell phone. You know, I I'll be honest with you, I was walking from one room to another, maybe I'll try to stand still and, and, and hopefully <laughs> that'll fix hopefully that'll fix the situation. <laughs> All right. Well Kelly's gonna I, I, I'm sorry, take the I'm next sorry question. about that. Oh sorry no no worries. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll start by saying that it's so nice to get to talk with you today, Richard. The Oak Ridge well, Boys it, have it, made it, it, Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, yes, my pleasure to Oak- talk to you as well. <laughs> the Oak Ridge Boys have made such an impact on the industry. And building off of what Jay asked, are there any moments that stand out as a favorite from your career? Well, you know, there are so many moments that stand out. So many great things have happened to us over the course of the years. Uh, you know, we, we've been able to sing for every president of the United States since Jimmy Carter. With the exception of of, uh, of Barack Obama, you know, and and the only reason we did not sing for him is because we were we were not invited. But I guarantee, you, if we were invited, we would have you know you know we would have said yes, and we would have sung for him as well. You know, so so I think singing for presidents of the United States kind of stand out in my mind. But if I had to single out you know one thing in particular that stands out over everything else, it would probably be back in, in 2015 in October when we were inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. That, that is probably the most special thing that has ever, ever happened to us. You know, uh, even though it's been about two and a half years now since that happened, it's still difficult to really find just the right words to describe how special that whole thing has been for all of the Oak Ridge Boys. You know, when you look at the at the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame, and you look at people who are in the Country Music Hall of Fame, people like Elvis, you know, people like Johnny Cash, you know, Merle Haggard, George Jones, Dolly Parton, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And for the Oak Ridge Boys to be a part of that family of artists and to be honored in such a way, you know, as, as to be members now of the Country Music Hall of Fame, it, it is so special. It, it's really beyond words to, to describe how special the whole thing has been for us. So I would, ha- I would, if I had to single out one thing in particular, it would be that. You know, I also know that you guys, you know, uh, are, are a gospel, you know, program. And, and and one other thing that kind of sticks out in my mind is the fact that we are also members of the Gospel Music Hall of Fame. You know, we are one of only five acts. That, it, that can make that statement, that we are members of the Country Music Hall of Fame and the Gospel Music Hall of Fame as well. You know, it, it, it's, it's the Oak Ridge Boys, of course. It's, it's, it's the Statler Brothers, believe it or not. It's, it's uh, uh, Elvis, it's Johnny Cash, Ten- and Tennessee Ernie Ford, and Dolly Parton. That's it, you know. And, and so that's also a special, you know, family of artists that we're, we're, we're honored to be a part of as well. And that's a lot of good company, too, and very well-deserved on there, you guys' there's, part. There's no doubt about that. That is pretty good company. <laughs> <laughs> well, with success not only in gospel music but country as well, as you've mentioned, 
How has your faith affected your life and professional decisions over the years? Well, you know, you know I think our faith is very important to the success of the Oak Ridge Boys. Every member of the group, all, all four Oak Ridge Boys, have been raised in Christian homes. We were taught right from wrong as, as young kids. And, you know, as the Bible says, you know, but if you, if, if you train a child, you know, in the way he should go, you know, he will not depart from that when he becomes older. <laughs> Excuse me. When he becomes older. And I think that is the case with the Oak Ridge Boys. We learned how to conduct our business uh, in an honest way. We learned how to work hard, you know, uh, and we were taught, you know, Christian values from our parents. And I think that has followed us into our adult lives. So I think it is very, very important, you know, to the success of the Oak Ridge Boys. I think that is also very important to to the material that we have recorded over the course of the years as well. You know, we have always, even though we have had a lot of success in country music, we have always tried to sing songs with a good, wholesome, you know, positive message. Even though, you know, we, country music artists, our music is music that Christian people can also listen to, you know, and we've tried to do that over the course of the years because we feel that that is very important to us. And I think the probably the best example of that, and I know we want to, you want to talk about that here maybe in a few minutes, but probably the best example of that is our very latest project, you know, called uh, 17th Avenue Revival. You know, and we we can get into that if you want to, but I think that's a great example of what I'm talking about of of, of the Oak Ridge Boys singing great songs that, that that have good wholesome positive messages that Christian people can enjoy listening to as well as secular people. Absolutely, I wholeheartedly agree with that, and that actually leads perfectly into my next question. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, having listened to the new record, 17th Avenue Revival, it has a very unique sound compared to a lot of what's out there currently. And from what I read in the album notes, it was recorded with all four of you gathered around one microphone in the studio. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how it differed from previous recordings you've been involved with? Well, yes, and, 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 and it was a very great experience. And I think that the thing that makes it especially great is the fact that we worked with a producer named Dave Cobb. Dave, he, Dave is probably the hottest producer in Nashville right now. You know, uh, you have to get on a list to be able to be produced by him. And and you know, I I talked about you know earlier about the you know we were inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. After that happened, we decided you know we wanted to do something special. And, and we remembered, you know, about seven or eight years ago, working with Dave Cobb for the very first time. We did a, an album called The Boys Are Back. And Dave took us down some roads musically that we had never traveled before. And, 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 and it was a very special project. And so we wanted to, to do that again. So we, we got in touch with Dave Cobb. He, he he now lives in Nashville. Back when we first worked with him, he was he was still living in Los Angeles, but he's living in Nashville now. And as I said, he's become one of the hottest producers in Nashville. You know, he's he's produced Jason uh, Isabel. He's he's produced you know uh, you know the Zach Brown band. You know, uh, the list goes on and on of, of the great artists that he's produced. So we wanted to work with him. It took a while for us to get it together, 
but we, we had a meeting with him. You know, Chris Stapleton's another, you know, if you listen to Chris Stapleton's music, you know, Dave Cobb has produced all of his stuff as well. So we met with Dave Cobb in a restaurant here in Nashville called the Pie Wagon. I know that's kind of a funny name, but it's really probably the hottest meat and three restaurant in Nashville. It's like a music row gathering place, kind of. We had lunch there with him, and he kind of laid out his vision for this project for us. And he, he, he told us, says, I want you guys to think Elvis, think Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, think Ray Charles. Think about some of the old blues guys, you know, that were that really were very, very popular. What was it about those guys that made them so special? And the thing that they all have in common is they were all raised in church. They all first started singing gospel music. And so he said, we want to try to capture that feeling. We want to go back to, to, to where they started, you know, and where you guys started. But even further back than that, maybe go back to some of the old black gospel music sounds as well. So that's exactly what we did on that project. So David Cobb went and, and he dug out some of the oldest black gospel spirituals that you will ever hear. He had to go to the Smithsonian, believe it or not, to actually find some of the lyrics. Some of these songs were, were, were that old. But we were able to go back and recapture that feeling of that old gospel feeling, almost like a ten revival kind of a thing. And it, while the project is mostly gospel, it is not all gospel. There's also some good, really good country songs on there as well, written by some very contemporary country artists. But it's a great balance. And you know, the, and the final result of the project is Seventeenth Avenue, Avenue Revival. We actually recorded the the album in probably the most historic recording studio in Nashville, uh, RCA Studio A, right on I'm, I'm going to go in this next case. Your, song, your phone was breaking up again right there at the end, but we got most of that. Can you still hear me, Richard? Can you still hear me? Okay. I'm, I'm getting your phone still breaking up just a little bit. Okay. All right, I can hear you now. All right. Uh, okay. All right, we got we got most of that except for the very last part, but it sounds it sounds good. All right, so I'll go to my next question. Okay. Get a couple more. Uh, is there enough there that you can work with? I hope. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. Yes. Yes, I got. It. All right, we get a couple more questions after this. Okay, so sounds good. Well, Richard, I noticed a pretty big name attached to your resume, and uh, having been part of the J.D. Sumner and the Stamps Quartet for a little while prior to the Oak Ridge Boys, the opportunity arose to sing backup with, in my humble opinion, the most legendary musician of all time in Elvis Presley. What was it like touring with the King, and is there a memory of time that you spent with Elvis that you could share with us? 
Well, yeah, well, yeah, you know, uh, there's a couple of parts to your question. I'll be glad to, you know, talk about it. You know, for about two years prior to joining the Oak Ridge Boys, I sang with J.D. Sumner and the Stamps Quartet. And for about a year and a half of that time, I was able to sing with the king. I sang with Elvis. I sang with the king of rock and roll. And, you know, it, it was a great experience, a great time in my life. Uh, back Back during that period of time, Elvis was probably, uh, I, I think, no probably to it. He was definitely the biggest star in the world back then. And his tour was the biggest tour in the music business. So to be a part of it was very, very, very exciting. And I, you know, and now that a lot of time has passed since that period of time in my life, I, and, and I have a chance to look back on it and reflect on it, you know, I'm so thankful that I was able to experience that. I, I got to get to know Elvis some. I got to, uh, uh, you know, a chance to kind of hang out with him some. And I have some really great memories of the times that I did spend with Elvis. Uh, probably my fondest memories of the times that I spent with him involved singing gospel music, believe it or not. Uh, while Elvis was the king of rock and roll, and he certainly was that, uh, I really believe down in his heart his favorite music was gospel music and he loved singing gospel music. And, uh, it seemed like almost every day that we were on tour, he would want to try to find a piano somewhere and get all the stamps quartet and all of us to gather around the piano with him. And he loved singing, you know, the gospel quartet songs, the old Blackwood Brothers songs, the old Statesman songs, but he really loved, you know, the black spirituals as well. And we did a lot of that. In fact, you know, I spent just some time, you know, earlier in this interview talking about our, our latest project. Elvis would have loved our, our latest project, 17th Avenue South. It's the kind of music that he would really have loved. And and, 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 and my fondest memories, you know, uh, of being with him involved singing gospel songs because I, 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 I know that he, he really loved gospel music. And and one, one kind of a funny little uh, memory that I have is the fact one night we were singing gospel songs around the piano and he came over while we were singing and he stood right next to me and he re leaned over and he sang a couple of low notes in my ear so I could hear it and he wanted to try to show me that he could sing bass too <laughs> and, but, and it's kind of a cute thing but you know uh, <laughs> I don't know how good of a bass singer he was but but it, it was a great experience there's no doubt about it and I was I'm so thankful I was able to have that chance in my life to sing with the gang of rock and roll. Well, thank you for sharing that. That was really interesting. I've been a lifelong Elvis fan as well, so that's really cool to get to hear from someone who actually got to work with him and knew him. Yeah, well, and, and I actually did. You know, in fact, just just recently we we did a, an interview with with Dan Rather. You know, and and, and uh, he he was very interested in hearing about Elvis, and he he said, you know, I've I've heard a lot of people that have worked with Elvis over the years, but it never really had a chance to talk to anyone or get to know anyone that ever worked with Elvis. Well, I said, Dan, there's probably one good reason for that. Most of the people that work for Elvis are no longer with us. They have passed on. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I'm still one of the few guys few guys around that is still alive 
that did work with Elvis. <laughs> so it, it was kind of an interesting experience. And, you know, there, there's there's more to the Elvis story, if I can just get into it for just a minute here. You know, I was singing with Elvis, and just out of the clear blue one day, I got a phone call. And the, and the phone call was from William Lee Golden with the Oak Ridge mm-hmm. Boys. He, he's the gentleman in our group with the long beard and the long hair. Back then, mm-hmm. he called me. Back then, he did not have the long hair and the long hair. He was he was Mister GQ back then. He he was like r- very clean cut looking, you know. <laughs> but anyway, he called me back then, and he said the bass singer in the in the Oak Ridge Boys was leaving the group, and he he said, "Would you be interested in taking the job?" And you know, so here I was singing with Elvis, and I had to make a decision, you know. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I was a big fan of the Oak Ridge Boys. I really believed that the Oak Ridge Boys had a great deal of potential. So I really wanted to be a part of the group. So I made the decision to leave Elvis and to join the Oak Ridge Boys. A lot of people questioned that decision. How could you leave Elvis and join the Oak Ridge Boys? But I really believed I was doing the right thing. And I think time and history has proven but I did make a pretty good decision right there. There's no no doubt about it. Over the course of the years, so many great things have happened to me personally, as well as all the Oak Ridge Boys. We've been very blessed, and we have had a very long and a very, very, very successful career. <laughs> Indeed. Well, as you've said, the Oak Ridge Boys have been part of several different projects over the years, and many of them were with the Gaither Music Group. Earlier this year, you guys, along with the Gatlin Brothers and the Gaither Vocal Band, released a couple of concert DVDs and CDs. Uh, how was it getting to work with the Gatlins and the Gaither Band on those? Well, you know, if we had to choose one act, one group of guys that you know, we can say that they are probably our best friends in the music business, it would have to be Larry Gatlin and the Gatlin Brothers. And you know we have we have we have worked you know with with Bill Gaither over the course of the years and, and the Gaither Vocal Band, and when the opportunity presented itself for us to work with the, the Gaither Vocal Band and Larry Gatlin and the Gatlin Brothers on on the same project, you know we really jumped at the chance to do it, you know, and we went up to Bill Gaither's hometown, which is Alexandria, you know, Indiana. Uh, and, and we went there, and we spent all day with the Gatlins and, and, and the Gator Vocal Band, and, and we, we filmed this project, and we recorded the music, and it, it was a great experience. Uh, we had a great time, you know, interacting with the you know with the three groups, and each group took turns singing things by themselves, and then we did several songs with all three groups singing together, like like a big choir, and it, it really turned out well. We did. Uh, and it's really kind of a nice balance of country music and gospel music as well. Uh, for example, uh, you know, the Gaithers, you know, are, are strictly gospel, so they, they did all gospel. But, but the, the Gatlins, they did some of their country hits. They did, you know, uh, all the gold in California. They did Houston, you know, some of their big hits. And, of course, you know, we did Elvira. <laughs> that, you know, that, that is the law. I had to do a few Oompapa Mamas and got those in there as well. <laughs> But the whole thing turned out really well, and it's a very it's a very entertaining project. It's a double set, as you said. It's the both 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 the projects are very very entertaining and very inspirational as well. And it was really an honor, you know, for us to be a part of both of those. 
I actually had the opportunity to review that earlier this year as well when they came out for today's Christian Entertainment, and I will definitely tell you that I very much enjoyed both projects. So I'm a fan of you guys and the Gatlins and the Gaithers, so to hear all of you together, it was really special and just a really fun project to hear. Well, Richard, with the recent release of 17th Avenue Revival, I'm sure the question of legacy has come up in conversation a lot with you guys. And to close out today's interview, when the Oak Ridge boys have hung it up, you guys are retired, what, what is the legacy you want to leave behind for fans? What do you, what do you want to be remembered for the most, both with the band and personally? Well, you know, I think what, you know, what we want to re- be remembered for, you know, of course we want to be re- remembered for Elvira. You know, that's not, that is still to this, you know, very day, probably the, you know, there's no problem with it. it, It's it's one of the largest selling single records to ever be recorded in Nashville. And we're very proud of that. But I think more than that, you know, we we want to be remembered as an act that, you know, made a very, very much a contribution to the music business. We want to be an act that was remembered for, recording and singing music that actually touched people. Uh, you know, we get on stage every night and we look out in our audiences and we, we don't always realize what people are going through in life. But we want to, for just a while, take these people and, and, and remove them from their troubles and from, from their cares and from, from what is bothering them and what is hurting them and, and try to put them in a different place and really help these people. And I think over the course of the years, our music has helped a lot of people. And and, and I think that's what we want to be remembered for. You know, especially this latest project that we have. You know, there's a song on there called The Brand New Star, you know, up in heaven tonight. And and, and a lot of people, especially in, in our age bracket now, you know, we're losing a lot of our friends and a lot of our loved ones. And this is a great song that, that talks about what it's like to lose someone. You know, it's a different way of looking at death. You know, and it's kind of a happy way of looking at death. And I remember the day we were recording the song with Dave Cobb in, in the recording studio. The two young writers of the song, they were there. They, two young guys, just 27 years old. And Joe said to, 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 to one of them, kind of jokingly, you know, he said, wow, this, is, this may be the happiest sounding song that, that we have ever heard about someone dying. And you know, the, the, the young writer was very serious. And he, he looked back at Joe and he said, well, you know, that is the point, you know, and, and, and that's the way we feel about it. You know, we definitely believe that there, you know, uh, that, that for those of us that believe in Jesus, you know, that there's a life after this. And that's, that's kind of what this song talks about. You know, there, there's a brand new star up in heaven right, looking down on us and, 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 and we're getting a lot of emails and a lot of response about this song in particular. This song is, is touching a lot of people's hearts. And, and that's what we want to be, to be remembered for. We want to be remembered for, for a night that, that recorded and performed very meaningful music and music that was meaningful to a lot of people and helped a lot of people through difficult times in their lives. Amen. Well, Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to talk to Kelly and I today. And, you know, blessings to you and the band on the release of this new record. 
Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. I know, I know a few times the phone broke up. I hope we were you were able to salvage enough of it to, to, to you know, to, to, for it to be a successful interview. Oh, we we have fun, and I'm just I'm I'm was so excited at the opportunity to talk to you guys, and um, okay, great, I, I kind of I threw Kelly into this the last minute because Kelly <laughs> is is used to uh, she's used to writing the reviews on on a lot of the records, but with this one, um, she's been doing like I said at the beginning of our call, she records our four one one for the radio show and just lets people know what music, film, book releases that are coming out, and I yesterday I said hey. I have an idea. Why don't you, since you've been a fan of the Oak Ridge Boys since you were a little kid, why don't you jump on the call <laughs> with us? I kind of, I kind of threw her, kind of threw her for a loop there, and she's here today. And I'm actually, this is actually her very first phone interview, so I'm well, glad that she could be on here. Well, well Kelly, you did a great job. <laughs> well, you thank didn't you. Sound, you didn't sound, you didn't sound even a little bit nervous. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, Richard, thanks again for for joining us today. And you know, we're you guys actually follow us on Twitter now. So when we get this interview up and stuff, uh, we're gonna actually tag you guys. And uh, okay. if you want to share with your audience, we'd love people to hear the interview when we have it aired here in a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, you yeah, will. Joe Joe is our Twitter guy. Joe twitters <laughs> for the Oak Ridge Boys, and 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 and, and he's on there. He's on there, as you probably know. <laughs> Every day, he's on there a lot. Day. <laughs> he's on yes, there a I lot. You're right. You're right. So, <laughs> so he, I'm sure that he will, he will retwitter this interview, so people will will be able to hear it. Awesome. Well, Richard, thanks again, and uh, good luck to you guys with this new record. Well, 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 thank you know, thanks to both of you, and I certainly have enjoyed our conversation. Oh, likewise. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have okay. a good one. All right. Right. Bye now. Bye. Bye. All right, Kelly, I'll call you back and make up the call. Okay.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.